What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? New week, fresh energy, fiery content on what is the hottest show in the streets. When you look at Alabama football news, notes, and information, you know what you are locked on to. This is In My Own Words. I'm yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Live in studios, people, we are inching so, so, so close to college football. Saturday, August 31st, Alabama, Duke. Live inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the place nicknamed Hotlanta. Alabama Duke coming up in just a couple of weeks here. But to start this new edition of shows off here, I'm going to go into some prediction. I'm going to go into predicting the wins and losses of Alabama's schedule for the 2019 season as I've got the schedule pulled up right here. So first and foremost, Crimson Tide, getting back to that style of uh, winning football, Alabama trying to reclaim the Bama factor. We know what that is, being nasty, being mean, being physical, being tough, dominating your opponent in all three phases of the game, executing to perfection, just being that team that when opposition comes to play you, they leave the arena, they leave the venue thinking, I do not ever, and I mean ever, want to face, want to play, want to line up against that team again. That's what the Crimson Tide trying to recapture, trying to get back to, in this season here. So, looking at Alabama's schedule, I am already going to give the Crimson Tide a 3 0 start here with New Mexico State, Southern Mississippi, and Western Carolina. Alabama should take all of those three games with ease, all three matchups at home inside Bryant Denny Stadium. So, New Mexico State, Southern Miss, Southern Mississippi, excuse me, Western Carolina all wins. When you look at the Duke game to start the year, Duke against Alabama, despite the fact that Nick Saban called David Cutcliffe one of the best offensive minds of his generation, Duke does not have the talent that Alabama has, doesn't have the resources, doesn't have the facilities. It's just not on the same level as Alabama. I mean, let's just be honest. People do not watch Duke for football. Students do not attend Duke for football. Players don't go to Duke for football. They go for basketball. They go for the NCAA tournament to fill up Cameron Indoor Arena. Not the football field, the basketball gym. And Duke lost its quarterback, Daniel Jones, to the National Football League, got selected, I believe, number six, number six overall in the first round by the New York Football Giants. So Duke wants to give Alabama a push don't think that it will and in this game it's more so about Alabama than Duke just because you're not going to get any positive feedback from the media in this game if Alabama blows Duke out of course it's Duke they're irrelevant in football they don't matter you're supposed to blow out Duke versus if Duke keeps it close with Alabama and God forbid Duke wins this game then it becomes holy smoke Clemson put the smackdown on Bama. They beat Bama so bad, Bama couldn't even beat Duke. Or Bama couldn't even put away Duke. So there's nothing positive that would come from the media in this Alabama matchup with the Blue Devils, but it's more so 
How does Alabama start? How does Alabama come out? Can the offense execute to perfection and have balance? Can the defense go out there, smack them in the mouth, create some turnovers, get some confidence early in the season? More so about the Tide than Duke, but I have Alabama beating the Blue Devils big, which moves Alabama to 4-0. As we slide down to South Carolina, which is week three of the season, this is a potential trap game for me. I'm not saying Alabama loses this this matchup. I'm just saying you come off the game against Duke, you exit the game against New Mexico State at home in Tuscaloosa, and then you pick up your grip right, and you travel six hours to the Eastern Time Zone to Columbia, South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks in a program that in Williams Bryce Stadium you have a you have a rowdy out you have a rowdy atmosphere. Number one. Number two, the Gamecocks have a head coach in Will Boom Muschamp, one of the former Saban assistants. The Gamecocks do have talent on both sides of the football, offense and defense. It's got a quarterback in uh, Jake Bentley, senior this year. It's six foot four, 220 pounds. That is a native of Opelika, Alabama. It's near the Auburn area, but still, he's an Alabama native. And one of the things he would love to do to end his career on a positive note is to knock out the legendary school of his home state. And then the last time Alabama was in Columbia, South Carolina, which was 2010, uh, we all remember how that ended. Now, at that time, Steve Spurrier was the head coach of South Carolina. Steven Garcia was the quarterback. Alshon Jeffrey was a Megatron freak at wide receiver. And then you had pre-injury Marcus Lattimore. So you you knew how it happened prior to uh, the arrival of Coach Will Boom Muschamp. But this is different here when you look at uh, what South Carolina has now. But even with this going on, uh, I still look at Alabama, more talent, still look at Alabama, better coaching, still look at the Crimson Tide, hungrier, more determined, and a team that you just don't see get physically and mentally beaten down and undressed the way the Clemson game went down. So even though South Carolina has some pieces, even though the Gamecocks have the uh, home field advantage with the crowd being crazy, still like Alabama in this game, which would push the Tide to 5-0. Moving on down now to Ole Miss. This game would be in Tuscaloosa on September 28th. The Rebels, even though you bring in Coach McIntyre for defense and Coach Rich Rod from offense, Rich Rod, one of the better offensive minds in college football, the NCAA remains being camped out in Oxford, Mississippi, just waiting on Matt Luke and the Rebels to mess up so they can slap more sanctions on the program. And even with Matt Corral, a quarterback, four-star, he's pretty good. The Rebels flipped him from Florida. And you got Scotty Phillips at running back. And there are some pieces on defense that returned from last season. Ole Miss lost two freakish athletes at wide receiver to the next level in A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. They also lost Demarcus Lodge to the pros as well. So for Ole Miss, not much, much talent returning on offense and then with the NCAA sanctions things of that nature Matt Luke kind of on the hot seat don't really like Ole Miss in this game 
think Alabama takes this one, which slides to tie to 6-0. Now you look at Texas A&M. The first big test, big test A&M. You go down to College Station, Texas Cowfield on October 12th. And uh, this is the matchup that a lot of college football analysts have circled. This is the game Bama falls. They fall right here. And the reason why, you got Jimbo Fisher entering year two, another former Nick Saban disciple, but one that actually has a national championship on his resume, got it at Florida State in 2013. Here's a guy that's got a dynamic dual threat quarterback in Kellen Mond, of whom last year made a huge jump in the Southeastern Conference. I believe nobody other than Felipe Franks of Florida made a bigger jump than Kellen Mond did a season ago. Mond his first 3,000-yard passing campaign. He had 24 touchdown passes to nine interceptions, really benefited from the play-calling scheme of Jimbo Fisher. And AM, they got the weapons on the outside with Cameron Buckley, Kendrick Rogers, Jamon Osborne, and Courtney Davis. All of these weapons, six foot two and taller. AM always has the wide receivers. The issue with AM, defense, defense, defense. Ever since the Aggies came to the Southeastern Conference from the Big 12 in 2012, I don't trust AM defensively. I, I just don't. I mean, they've always had good individual pieces. Miles Garrett, Deshaun Hall, Dalen Mack, Kingsley Kiki, Atario Alaka, Landis Durham, uh, Donovan Wilson, Armani Watts. They've always had good individual talent but in terms of that talent playing together and being one cohesive unit, there is a mental hangup when it comes to Texas A&M. So they thought that John Chavis, Chief, could get it better. Chief coming from LSU and Tennessee prior. John Chavis way past his prime when he got to Texas A&M, and it just didn't work out. And now with A&M bringing in some fresh blood and Mike Elko, you think a change will be on the scene? I got to see it first. I got to see it. Texas A&M defensively, I don't trust the Aggies. Offensively, oh yeah, talent right there. Defensively, don't trust this program. And I'm giving Alabama the win in this one just due to Alabama defensively hungry, Alabama defensively stacked, Alabama offensively, Steve Sarkeesian challenging to a Tonga Alabama offensively looking for that balance. So got the tide over the Aggies there. So that would push the tide to 7-0 if I'm not mistaken. So which would move down to Tennessee, which Alabama returns home for this game. That would be on October 19th. Pruitt's good. Pruitt in year two will be better. You've got an offensive coordinator in Jim Chaney coming over from Georgia. Of course, the quarterback, Jared Gorantano, got experience. The issue of Tennessee is the offensive line. If they can get the offensive line in order, Tennessee will be better. They'll challenge, they'll push, they'll be physical, but still think Pruitt is one year away from really doing some things in Tennessee. I give that one to the Crimson Tide. When you look at Arkansas, kind of the same ordeal. Year two under Chad Morris, he'll make improvements. They'll be better. They've got the running backs and Rakeem Board and Dev Wawele. They've got some pretty good wide receivers. 
of the quarterback room. It's Ben Hicks. It's Nick Starko. I believe Starko will beat Ben Hicks out. You've also got KJ Jefferson, a very talented freshman. On defense, they've got some leadership in Dijon Harris and McTelvin Ajum. They've got guys in John Chavis now at Arkansas. But once again, you're playing in Bryant Denny. You're playing in Tuscaloosa. You're playing in a hostile environment. And uh, Chad Morris has got to get his feet under him just a little bit more. Nick Saban, proven season veteran. Give me the tide over the Hogs. Then you got LSU. In Tuscaloosa, November 9th, another game that the national experts, here is one right here. Bama's going to drop. Here's one right here. Big Al goes down. Here's one right here. Alabama falls in. LSU, respectable team. LSU, respectable recruiting opponent. But LSU, since the 2012 BCS title game off the 2011 season, offer. All for its last eight against the Crimson Tide. Fans in Baton Rouge are vexed. When are we going to finally beat Saban? When are we going to finally get back to beating Bama? LSU's got talent. Joe Burrow, strong quarterback, uh, got some pieces around him. They signed a good uh, number five recruiting class in the nation, which has the likes of John Emery Jr. at running back. At wide receiver, there's Justin Jefferson and uh, Steven Sullivan. Defensively, I mean, Dave Aranda's the man. You got talent with the likes of Grant Delpit and Christian Fulton and Michael Divinity Jr. and Rashad Lawrence. But once again, your coach is is an Ogeron. And can he finally delegate some responsibility to his offensive coordinator and let the offensive coordinator call the plays? Now, Joe Burrow has done some talking. He's been saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to score some points. We're going to be a whole lot better. We're going to be a whole lot more of a fiery, fiery offense. And though LSU will score some points in this game, I go back to once again, this is hungry, hungry, hungry Alabama. And when you challenge Nick Saban, Nick Saban is one that answers the bell very, very well. So even with LSU, with the goods that it's got, still night for Tide at Bryant-Denny in Tuscaloosa, which moves us down to Mississippi State. State's a good football team. Joe Moorhead, probably not my favorite coach in the conference, but State's a good football team. You got Tommy Stevens at quarterback, uh, Keaton Thompson at quarterback, you got, you know, Kylan Hill coming back to run the football. You got some defensive some defensive pieces there. And though it's in Starkville, Stark Vegas, David Wade Stadium, home of the Cowbells, and the fans will be up for that game. Just don't like Mississippi State's chances right now. Just, just, I mean, they'll play tough. They'll play hard. They'll play scrappy. It's the Mississippi State pedigree, but still, people, I, I just don't see State beating Alabama. State gives them a game, but Alabama takes care of State. And then Auburn, the Iron Bowl. This right here could be the toughest game. You go on the road, Jordan-Hare Stadium, November 30th, fresh off Thanksgiving. Crazy things happen in Jordan-Hare. Gus Malzahn's got to figure out the quarterback between uh, Joey Gatewood and Bo Nix. But upon finding that out, you got about eight running backs to choose from. Your main one is Jatarvius Whitlow. You got some strong wide receivers headlined by Seth Williams. 
defense, you're going to be strong with Kevin Steele as the coordinator, and you bring back guys like Nick Coe and uh, Derek Brown and Big Cat Brown and uh, Jeremiah Denson, of course, playing in the secondary. So you got weapons. You got guys returning on defense. But even with Auburn, I just feel like Nick Saban's in for a rebirth, y'all. The way this coaching staff is is coming together right now or is together right now, and even with losing Trey Sanders and Josh McMillan injuries, I've made this point before, you know, both of those guys were luxury pieces. In terms of uh, with Trey Sanders, you got your main two guys, Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, and you can roll with Keelan Robinson and Jerome Ford. From a defensive perspective, yes, Josh McMillan down, but you got Shane Lee, Ali Keho, Jalen Moody, Markel Benton, and Chris Harris, Christian Harris. Just pick from those five, teach them up, coach them up, get them ready to roll. Those guys should be okay. So even down with Auburn, Auburn, AM, LSU, the three most toughest games, but I still see Alabama taking all three, which would put Alabama 12 0 for the regular season. I see Alabama going undefeated, possibly. I see Alabama going undefeated. I see the Tide going undefeated, going back to the national championship game and finishing the job this time just because when you look at Nick Saban's face from the matchup against Clemson, I don't think he never wants to make that face again. I don't think Alabama fans want to see him make that face again. So I I see the Tide going undefeated despite some tough games within that schedule. And this has been yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, predicting the 2019 schedule for Alabama. We're going to take our first break here on In My Own Words. Don't touch that down, ladies and gentlemen. When we get back from the other side of the break, we're going to have a special guest join the building. Hottest comedian in the streets, big-time Alabama fan, and one of the faces behind 95.7 Jams. Who could I be referring to? Folks, you don't want to miss it. Keep it locked right here. Say in my own words. 